This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and you're tuned into the flagship show, Morecambe Away Edition, available every Monday morning. And joining me 24 hours on from our lovely walk at the seaside, um, Seb Brown and Craig Fimbo. Gentlemen, I mean, I've missed you. It's, I, I need to, for those watching on YouTube, just here's the image from just before the football there at the Eric Morecambe statue. I thought, I thought, I'm not sure we've ever looked happier on the podcast in that fo- than that photo. Craig, we'll start with you. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, there's a lot of, very much synchronicity there, isn't there? There's a lot of symmetry in that photo. It's like choreographed to within an inch of its life, that, isn't it? It's almost, yeah. What, it's what, almost and what you, can't, what, you can't tell from, what you can't tell from that is that we carried on skipping along the promenade all the like way that. To, all the way, yeah, all the way back to the ground, yeah. To the Mazuma yeah, Stadium. At, it was a good day, wasn't it? Very good day. Um, and we need to say, Seb, um, thank you to um, our good friend Mullet, friend of the pod, long-time pod VIP, who treated us to fish and chips, didn't he? I'm not yes, sure where he, where he planned to, but... <laughs> yeah, do you, think he meant, do you think it was one of those gestures where we all go, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll give you some money back, and we all just said thanks very much and left the establishment, didn't we? No, for a very, very kind gesture, very, very kind. Thank you, Mullet. I'll be seeing him at Fleetwood next week, so I'll make sure I buy him a pint as a bit of a thank you. Yeah, one of your local games this one, uh, Morecambe, which we'll talk about more about in a minute. Let's um, let's do. A, there's not much news, um, but um, there is two lots of match action this week. Um, more on that shortly. So um, news, the news, um, not too much. Um, worth mentioning, obviously, that in in terms of news, there is bigger, wider context of stuff which we're fully aware of, and hopefully, this is a distraction from 
uh, real life stuff, which is just crazy and bad and horrible. Um, but um, an, a, another demonstration of um, how these kind of really terrible situations bring out the best in people is um, Bersant Salina offering, um, he's got an apartment in Norway, I think, um, and he's made that available for to shelter a Ukrainian family in these. So you know, that kind of stuff is exactly you know, the human spirit that we want to see. So, um, yeah, um, top marks for, um, to Selena to do that and to be thinking about that. And, and guys, he's obviously, he's, he's, his, in his statement, he said he's a former refugee as well. So it's very easy to forget kind of the real lives that these players have as well. So so good on him. Um, on to more mundane matters. Um, um, Seb, we were talking about Lee Evans in the pre-match, I think, um, and his injury. Um did you mention that no surgery is needed? Can we move on from that topic? Yeah, no surgery required. We, we we skirted on that and we both kind of guessed that Backinson would be the one to come into the central midfield position. Yeah, more on that shortly. Um, and we can also talk about his absence in respect to set pieces as well, if we want as well. And um, Can I can I have Lee Evans as, uh, be getting injured as my sliding doors moment of the <laughs> first six months of yeah, McKenna's... Um, the McKenna era. Right. Yeah, get that in yeah. early. Craig's got his beach towel out on the sun lounge you were already for that <laughs> yeah, one um, i can see that one and in terms of other bits of pieces of news um tyree simpson was linked very briefly for like two hours um for with paul cook's chesterfield um but phil at twtd um says no we will talk about attackers and strikers and forward options um but craig this is a really complicated situation here um purely because of the contract situation, which appears to be still unresolved. Um, what's your thoughts on loans or how the situation might pan out? Um, well, first and foremost, it's a surprise that Paul Cook's after more signings, isn't it? I, that's, that first all struck me uh, by surprise. Um, well, I suppose it's the only it's the only way he can get any, any game time now, isn't it, is um, National League. And to be fair, there are some very important matches still to be played in, in the in the National League with some pretty half, you know, half decent sized clubs. So it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to go out on loan. Um, you know, we'll talk about strikers later. We don't know whether he's going to get much of a look in a, ahead of the four that are currently um, in and around the squad. So it might be in everyone's best interest just to get him out the door again and get him some games under his belt. Cause it seems to be a, a ridiculous situation from all parties, really from, from the, the boys perspective in that he's now missing out on six months of a, career which a fledgling career which has started off pretty well and from the club's perspective whereby they've got an asset which is just sitting around in some sort of holding holding pattern until such time as someone blinks um so yeah let's let's hope that a a a contract of some sort gets signed and or and b he can get out on loan for the last two or three months of the season and um yeah get someone promoted from the from the national league maybe and Seb, he's, he's, we, we know he's got this one-year contract extension. I mean, that, that gets triggered, doesn't it? If the contract doesn't get negotiated for this extension, you trigger that one, don't you? Yeah, that gets triggered and he gets sold, presumably in the summer, doesn't he? I mean, there are links with championship size. You don't know how much of it is just his agent putting stuff out there, do you, to try and strengthen his position for the negotiating table. But there's links with championship size. And if he if he wants to move on, I'm guessing it's probably left a bit of a bad taste in his mouth, isn't it? Because he seemed really, really happy at Swindon. All his social media was how happy he was playing there. And he's probably fed up that he's had to come back with this contract issue going on and on. So there's always a date, isn't there, in May or April where they have to trigger the options by. So if that gets triggered, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be he'll be moving on in the summer and we'll try and get a bit of a, bit of a fee for him. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he's a, an undisclosed fee to Swindon. But it would be, yeah, it would be a shame uh, given 
the potential that he has for the rest of the season to make an impact potentially with Ipswich. It'd be really dumb of his him and his agent. Maybe it's just his agent. We, we obviously don't know the ins and outs of that situation to to miss out on the opportunity to put yourself in the shop window even more because playing for Ipswich, coming off the bench and maybe making an impact is going to be better than playing in the National League. But maybe his, maybe his head is fully turned and this situation is untenable. We don't know. But fingers crossed, again, for some common sense. Let's jump into some match action. Um, the first set of our match action. And um, full disclosure, the three of us have, are recording this shortly after an epic penalty shootout in the League Cup final. Um, really excellent penalties, guys, until you got to the keepers, Paul Kepper. Um, that's so interesting how that has come full circle with him. He, did he refuse to be subbed a few years ago? Yeah, he? a couple of years ago, refused to come off, didn't he? He stayed on and he was brought on with a minute to go, wasn't he, in extra time, presumably to be the, the crucial difference in the penalty shootout, which he was, just just not the way him or Chelsea wanted it to be. And but, fair, so play they, to, sorry, fair play to Trevor Shalaber to step up and take yeah. the, what was it, the 20th penalty, having <laughs> the previous 19 having gone in. That, t- that took some balls as well, didn't it, to, to yeah. put that away. So, yeah, good luck to him. Oh, Rhys James as well, who obviously we know from his loan at Wigan. Uh, very, um, I, I was convinced that he was going to miss. He'd kind of had his, Gary Neville was concerned about him having his hands on his hips or something, but he paused for about 10 seconds before he, the referee blew the whistle and he paused for 10 seconds and you think, man, he's got a score. This is, this, he's going to miss this, but no, fair play, right in the corner. Um, I thought the Liverpool, but, the Liverpool goalkeeper's penalty was superb as well. Yeah, lovely. Young lad, obviously not the number yeah. one choice, young lad, and that was an absolutely top class penalty. So yeah, real, real, real quality on show, wasn't there? And it was a, an afternoon of the goalkeepers and for penalty drama at the Gold Star Ground as ITFC women made history. They are in the quarterfinals of the Women's FA Cup, a fantastic achievement um, and a really excellent afternoon, a really entertaining kind of match, a bit of a chess match for 90 minutes and then an extra time at all. Oh, hell broke loose. It went crazy. <clears throat> we need to... um. Firstly, mention um, Abby Lafayette um, and Lucy O'Brien, sponsored by the pod. Obviously, Abby in the starting lineup. Lucy was um, fit enough to make a return on the bench, um, having been out with a fractured wrist. A wrist, and we spoke with um, Olivia Smith and Paige Peak and Natasha Thomas, who were all featured in the starting lineup as well. Must be said, um, record attendance for an ICFC women's fixture, guys, 1,167. I don't know how many people are attending League Two matches yesterday but you'll be hard uh, was probably be pushing some of those attendances down at that level close that's uh excellent turnout and we met um andy we met rob um we saw paul westlake um chris who's one of the friends of blue monday um adam um and and a lesser spotted dave diamond was in attendance as well um but as we mentioned very tense affair um the ball was put in the net once in normal time by Eloise King, but probably quite fairly flagged for offside. Um, but Southampton, really physical, imposing side, obviously a title rival. And Ipswich were excellent. Um, Summer Hughes out wide um, doing the running. We know about Laffey and her set pieces. That caused some real danger for us as well. Um, Kyra Robertson and Bonnie Horde in midfield, um, were excellent and Paige Peak we mentioned her already excellent centre back as well so it was a really excellent team performance how many times have I said excellent now by the way I need to get a different adjective there was a bit of a worry um, Natasha Thomas went down with an injury um, and eventually had to be subbed off Anna Gray um, 
was pushed into an attacking position. And in the second half of added time, guys, after great work by another sub, Eva Hubbard, um, ball falls to the edge of the area. Bonnie Horde keeps, keeps the ball alive. And Anna Gray hits a fantastic volley right into the top corner. Um, keeper uh, of Southampton, Kayla Rendell, had no chance, can only palm that into the, into the top of the net. And it looked all like it was going to be everything is coming up Ipswich until the final minute of the second half of added uh, of extra time and Kayla Rendell from one end to the other. And this is, have you seen this guys on the internet? Yeah, it's yeah it is phenomenal I mean, header, isn't it? To well, be fair. It's a great set piece. Um, I'm trying to remember who took it. Um, I think she might have scored against us in the previous, in the League Cup. Um, but Kayla Rendell's gone up for the corner, as you'd expect, guys. And what a great header, Seb, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely superb. She gets up. I mean, the you know at that stage, it's 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 I don't want to use the term S or bust, but it's yeah, throw the keeper forward. Let's see what happens. And yeah, it's a superb header, isn't it? And I guess how was it in the crowd? Because normally when that kind of thing happens, it's instant deflation, and you're thinking, oh no, we're going to penalties. Did the did the crowd instantly respond to it? It's the it's literally the the last kick of the game. Uh, we do kick off, but that's it. And I think Dave and I looked at each other with a sense of foreboding. Mm. And actually, you can see um, the corner. I'm annoyed that I haven't got the note who took the corner. Um, I think she ended up wanting, missing one of the penalties or taking one of the penalties. Um, she slips over as she takes it. And you can think, oh, she's obviously shanked that out and came over. But the crowd, which had been quite quiet, I was like, hoping for more given it was over a thousand. Um, they did come into their own in the, in the penalty shootout. It, it, I think Southampton... Yeah, I, I think they faded a little bit. I think it was harsh that it ended that way, but Kayla Render will be viral on Twitter for a few days, no doubt. Plenty of retweets. But of the goalkeepers, it's Sarah Quantrill who will make ourselves the hero. And really fascinating here. And in, in um, added time, in extra time, Lucy O'Brien's brought off the bench along with Izzy Bryant. Both of them are young players with kind of a minute to go. Um, I think maybe even after the goal. Um, to take penalties. And you think these are two youngsters, young players, and both 18 or under, I think. And Lucy O'Brien was first up. And you're kind of thinking, wow, what a big stage to put her into. Kayla Render, the keeper, all kinds of histrionics off her line, chatting away to the players. And Lucy O'Brien calmly dispatches her penalty. Izzy Bryant takes hers next, slams it into the top of the net. Um, Zoe Barrett takes hers as well. She had a good game. She um, grew into it and got better and better, and she took a fine penalty. And Paige Peake, who was, for me, player of the match, I think Dave Diamond as well, player of the match, smashes in her penalty as well. And the home crowd advantage, we talked so much to um, to Natasha Thomas, to Paige and to Liv Smith about, came into its own because um, they were taking it at the kind of the North Stand end, as it were, at the Gold Star, and that that unsettling noise from the home support, which included Dave and I and various others, did the trick. And two saves by Sarah Quantrill and Town are in to the hat for the quarterfinal. The draw is made on Tuesday morning at quarter past nine, and they are the only third-tier team left in the draw, along with Arsenal, Birmingham, Chelsea, Coventry United, Everton, Man City and West Ham. So guys, we obviously um, send out our huge congrats to the team and are hopefully excited for, well, who would you want? Would you want, um, I think Coventry are probably maybe the lowest ranked team in there perhaps. Would you want to go for them or do you want a big, one of the big guns? It'd be interesting to play Man City. It was Man City a couple of years ago, wasn't it? So it'd be interesting to play them again and see, see what the difference is from a couple of years on. You know, that'd be quite an interesting one, I think. Yep. 
Craig? Any preferences? Any thoughts there? What you'd do? What you'd want? Yeah, I, I think you'd probably want to wait another round or so, wouldn't you, to get Man City? <laughs> try and get, try and get what, as the far as you can. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> no, I, I, no, fair play. It's, it's, and as you said, Rich, to to you know, have the equaliser go in last kick of the game it must be so. Yeah, you know, just shows mental strength to get yourself up for it again, doesn't it? And had you know, slog out the penalty. So yeah, fair play to everyone. It's fantastic. And I, I saw the the clip on YouTube of, of Joe Sheehan, the you know, emotion at the end of it and stuff like that. So you know, brilliant. brilliant. Hopefully they're having a a few uh, a few beers to celebrate as we speak. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly right. Delivery. maybe uh, yeah, delivery chicken burger and stuff like that. That's what we want. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to do a segue, but we'll. <laughs> talk about chicken and sack. I, um, I hope that is a segue, mate. Otherwise, yeah, it's a maybe we'd do that. So. But I just, I do want, I do want to wrap it up. Actually, that was just totally inadvertent. Uh, but, but um a great crowd. Yeah, um over one thousand. That's the record attendance for an ITFC women's match. Um, so so many great stories there. And as you say, Craig, you know the narrative typically is keeper pulls out of the bag some kind of crazy last minute equaliser, and then goes on to save the penalties. But not so the team as a collective did so well today it was really um exciting to be part of it really proud um to see um that team go from success to success and great psychological boost for when they play southampton in the league in about a month's time and um, we'll be back in a sec to talk about morecambe with wings more crisp than a james norwood finish ribs meatier than sam morsey tackle and chicken tastier than wes burns favorite is britain's tastiest chicken and as a listener of the Blue Monday podcast, you can get 20% off by entering BM20 at the checkout. Order direct from their menu at chicken-ipswich.co.uk. They'll deliver anywhere within a 2.7-mile radius of the store. And if you're not quite as local as the Bond family, you can click and collect. The store is located just off Hadley Road. Favourites, Britain's tastiest chicken. So off to Morecambe we go. And... A long old trip for you, Craig. A little, little bit less for me. I've probably got a you know thirty odd mile advantage, but not too much. <laughs> Seb, it's basically a home game for you, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but a lovely day, as we mentioned. Um, bit windy, but um, nice to see blue sky and a bit of sunshine. And as for let's talk about Ipswich first. Um, four changes, guys. We, we've obviously mentioned the absence of Evans. Um, here are the lineups um, for those of you watching on YouTube. We mentioned um, Backinson coming in, slotting in alongside Morsey. But it's always going to be this front three, Craig, that is going to be the big debating point. Um, what was your thoughts on the selection of Aluko and effectively a two up front with Nord and Bond? Uh, yeah, well, as as Ben and Seb spoke about um, pre-match, is that it was whether we went sort of like for like up against their um, towering centre halves, or whether we went a more um, subtle um, variation with like two number tens and a single striker. But um, as it turned out, we went for the two. I, as we were um, eating our fish chips and mushy peas pre pre-match, I was sitting next to Mullet and Mullet Senior, and um, I thought that we'd actually I. That was the team that I selected, actually. Backinson was pretty much a, a shoe, and I think he, he he started all these matches. He started in away games, haven't they, um, pretty much, I think, as far as what I can remember. Um, and, yeah, just having a bit more uh, support up front for a single striker. So going two up front, although, as it transpired, as ever, sort of Norwood was pulling out more to the left, wasn't he? Um, and the Luca nominally to the right, but pretty much central. Um, so, yeah, no no real surprise from my perspective. Yep. I mean, we've got the average positions here. And as you said, Nord 
both kind of Nord and Bond dragging out a little bit to the left-hand side here, isn't it? So, yeah, we'll talk more about that configuration shortly because we've got plenty of questions about that. Seb, the big news for Morecambe, obviously the departure of Stephen Robinson um, as manager to St Mirren and um, Derek Adams um, coming back in and um, not too many changes as probably you guys from, from Rotherham, yeah, unchanged from Rotherham. Me and Ben were debating what do we think was going to happen. The you know Derek Adams tends to be a four at the back manager. He was very much a four-two-three-one or a four-one-four-one the first time he he looked after Morecambe. So I guess longer term he'll look to go back to that. But having been in the building for two days or whatever and putting in by all accounts what was a pretty good performance away at Rotherham, it's unsurprising he left it the same. And it, it, was, it was an exact matchup, wasn't it? Because we had a Luco in the ten roll, they had McLaughlin in the ten roll, so. It it was a, an exact matchup with the three at the back. Yep. And we obviously need to mention the star man there, or the, the man to watch out for was Cole Stockton. Um, they didn't get a huge amount of um, time on the ball yesterday, uh, or on, on Saturday, I should say. Um, and some Ipswich Town, ex-Ipswich Town um, representation there. Um, Tamani Diagaraga and Shane McLaughlin, as you mentioned, Seven on the bench. Uh, Dylan Connolly as well. So one time, a couple of youth players and a, and a loney there. Let's get into the action. Um, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of possession for Ipswich. This isn't going to come as a great surprise. The pattern of the game, very similar to Cheltenham's first half, but just stretched over the 90 minutes. I wanted to get your thoughts uh, in the first 15, particularly, so we can talk about more specific things later on. Firstly, the poor surface, Craig. And, and this is something that I think at third tier level is a bit of a... Yeah, I'm... I was about to say a rude word then, but I, I'm not a big fan of teams kind of relying on a poor service to stop the better teams in the division. In terms of poorness, we'll come to Seb on this one as well. The set pieces as well, this they just weren't working. Talk to us about team. Are you kind of are you chilled with the idea of teams like Morecambe letting the surface kind of deteriorate a little bit if it gives them an advantage? Is is that to be understood? I guess it's to be understood, but it doesn't make it right. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make it right, but the only way you're going to get around it is by getting out the division, isn't it? You've got by hook or by crook, you've got to find a way of, of getting out the out of the um, division and, and getting over it. Although, to be fair, and it was it was um, obviously it was very bobbly. You know, people were having to take an extra touch or two to get it under control. There wasn't that much one touch passing. Was it? I think it only happened in the first half, whereby um, we had a we had a bit of a one touch play, didn't we, down the right hand side where Aluko had a first time um, ball into Burns who got the cross in first time as well. That's pretty much the only time in the entire game where we had a bit of, um, you know, one touch, one touch football. It was, it was very controlled and cautious in terms of just getting the bloody thing under control first before you worried about it. And that did certainly did affect us and the way that we played. Um, although saying that we still managed to create some, some very, very good chances, which I'm sure you'll go through in, in a bit more detail in a sec. Yep. Um, I'll let Seb talk about set pieces, but you know, we didn't. It just seems weird. Actually, I'm going to talk about set pieces. Go for it. It, just, go for it, it just, but it just seems weird that we had nobody to take them other than Thompson. Thompson was also the the designated set piece taker for everything. He took everything, didn't he? He took all the free kicks and the corners from both sides. And despite how bad they were, he kept on taking all the free kicks. And all the corners from both sides, but I'll let Seb carry Yeah, just um, uh, just very brief on the pitch, sorry. Um, right at the start of the first half, Danassian loses the ball under his boot, doesn't he? And then it happens to a Luca right at the start so, of the second, it? doesn't it? Second? Yeah. It's like the first minute or two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. So Walton they had to. Bowled, Walton bowled it out to him, yeah. Yeah, they had to calibrate their touch, didn't they? Yeah, set pieces. I'm going to. Yeah, we've been moaning these set pieces, Seb, quite right. Let's get these out of the way so we can talk about the rest of the game. I, I don't. 
given we know that McKenna's a, a really good coach and sets up really good sessions, I'm just a bit frustrated that our set pieces continue to be so mediocre. What's your what's your take on this? Yeah, incredibly frustrating because it should. I, we've been spoiled in the past with the likes of Waghorn and his delivery, but but like Craig said yesterday, there was nobody. We we didn't mix it up at all. I mean, we had we had twelve corners in that match. I think we put one into a half decent position when it, when Edmondson couldn't get underneath it. And it went harmlessly over the bar, but so many of them were just floated in, and the keeper plucks out the air, or we didn't beat the first man. And and the frustrating thing is, you know, when you're at corner number five and you've had five poor deliveries, give somebody else a go. Surely Burns can have a go, or Luko's got a lovely left foot; he can look to bend it. In. and it's so frustrating we just kept doing the same thing over and over again and we were no threat at all we, we spoke about missing Evans and I guess maybe we would have uh, uh, we would have done better with him he, he likes to sort of whip it in a bit more under under the crossbar doesn't he but it was so so frustrating yesterday Thompson did, we'll, we'll come on to the, the goal etc and, and overall opinions but Thompson didn't have a great game and their set pieces were a large part of that but we, no. don't, we don't even look like scoring. You know, the, the, the central defenders don't even look like they're going to be in the right place to attack it either, really. Even mm. despite how poor the quality of the ball coming in is, we just don't look effective from them at all. It just seems, as you say, Rich, it just seems a really strange situation to find ourselves in, given the, the, the way that we're set up, the way they were structured, the style of play, it's all there. And it was there very, very quickly from a, from a coaching perspective. It went from looking like a pretty, bit of a shambolic setup to being a completely different... You know, well-drilled, well-oiled, everyone knows what they're doing in this particular formation and, and setup. But still, the, the set pieces seem to be a bit of a, an anomaly in that respect. But in interesting, least, I was, when, when Man United played Leeds a couple of weeks ago, Harry Maguire scored from a corner and the Sky Sports commentator said that was their first goal from a corner in 140 efforts or something so far this season. So maybe even at United, it wasn't something they really focused maybe on. So, so it's not, maybe it's not something that's part of this sort of repartee. You know, I guess at that level, they have dedicated set piece, co- set piece coaches and stuff like that. But maybe it's just not, you know, a major part of his skill set. The, the annoying thing for me, the simple thing to do is to at least do drills where you play the ball to somewhere other than on top of the goalkeeper so that he can just pluck it out of the air. That for me is the issue is that the, the delivery is a little bit inconsistent um, when Evans isn't, isn't in the team, certainly. But I would, if you're going to designate someone as a corner taker and Chaplin, I think came on and took some towards the end. He certainly did against Cheltenham, I think. He did just um, yeah. He took over, yeah. And uh, I think if Thompson's going to be the, a taker as well they need to be kind of between the edge of the 18 yard box and the penalty spot for me they're, they're far too close to the goalkeeper at the moment and as you say then the issue Craig as you said is where do you put people to attack that but as long as you know that you're going to get a consistent delivery mm-hmm. you know where to be um, and this is a strategy that works really well by the way for the ITFC women's team who have got excellent set piece takers and it's a real threat for them it's a, it's a really in, in tricky games like today against Southampton um, it could have well, it nearly made the difference. It needs to be a threat for us, doesn't it? In spe- certainly, if you're not scoring goals elsewhere, it's just another string to your bow to have a yeah. decent set piece and at least look a th- at least look a threat from. We just don't look a threat from them, let alone scoring from them. And and you know that on this podcast we like narratives. You know we're going to talk about what well, is ultimately a frustrating outcome here. And as you see, you know, a, an own goal from a from a corner, or a, a Wolfenden, or an Edmondson header from a corner, and and this game might be different. But anyway, there we go. We've talked. We've dealt with corners. Um, more work needed. The first proper chance here, guys, um, is on thirty minutes. Craig, um, Sammy Morsey doing his um, his spin on the ball. All of our midfielders turn on the... Aluko is doing it as well. Turned their man and ran with the ball. But Morsey does really well here. 
and this is almost his first goal for Ipswich in this curling effort. Mm. And um, yeah, do you, want to, do you remember that bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it seemed to be, and it, and it must have been the tactics because, as as Sib said, both sides were matched up like for like. But our certainly Backington and Morsey had so much space. Yeah, they were always in space to receive the ball. And I can only say that's, suggest that's the tactics and the way that we were set up is that Morsey seemed to have more space than, than most on the pitch, and that may, you know, just by definition, being a, a superior player to most of the players on the pitch. But um, a couple of times he picked the ball up. Um, once he could have had a shot, I think he fed it into a Luco. Um, but this time, yeah, he sort of cut inside from the left a little bit and curled, uh, curled it towards the far post top corner. And, and the keeper sort of, he got a hand to it, but he pushed it onto onto Bond's head, who was probably, I don't know, two or three yards out of the angle. But it's probably, a li- you know, yeah, if it, if it happened in September, October, he might have got on target. Um, as it was, it's uh, it didn't it didn't hit the target, and it, it was probably a bit too close and a bit reactionary. You know, if he if he'd reacted a bit quicker and got it on got on target, it'd been a goal. But I think it probably was a bit close to him to think about what he's going to do before he did it. It was just like a an instant reaction. Um, but yeah, and sadly for us, it went wide. I think Norwood Norwood had a bit of a snapshot, didn't he? Before before that, Backinson clipped it towards the back post, and he sort of chested it and volleyed it, didn't he? Um, that didn't sort of, didn't get managed to get that on target either, um, which is going to be a bit of a, a recurring theme throughout the match, unfortunately. Yeah, well, there's there's a, there's a two moments here for Backinson um, to contribute, Seb. Um, one's across again to Bonn in the air and there's a header that, well, we'll get your thoughts on whether um, you're being as sympathetic as Craig is for that first one. Um, and also, yeah, he has a kind of a Morsey moment, doesn't he? And goes on a surging run and has a shot. Do you want to mention those two bits and give us yeah, some so the, the the first header, like Craig said, I can kind of forgive Bond because it came back to him so quickly that you know, like Craig said, in September it hits him and it just bounces into the goal, given the form he was in. So that one I can sort of forgive him for. This one, Backinson chips like a lovely ball over all the defenders, and he's running in at the back post, and he just completely gets it wrong, doesn't he? I don't think he's under that much pressure from the defender, and I think it hits the did he hit the stanchion or the or the side netting. It was it was hard to see where we were standing, wasn't it? But that one, surely you've got to get the the, the header on target, you know. It's a lovely floated ball, and he's running onto it to generate the power. And surely he's got to hit the target there. And that one went down as a as a bad bad miss. And then the Backinson one, like Morsey, starting to find some space. We were all screaming shoot, weren't we? Every time Backinson and Morsey had the ball within sort of 20, 20, 30 yards of the goal, and uh, he gets a decent shot off, and the keeper sort of tapped it, uh, touches it round the post. So uh, the, the the Bond one for me definitely should have hit the target, and that one should have put us one lap. I feel. And that's that's all I've got for the the first half, guys. I mean, I've I've tried to be quite sparing because there are plenty of efforts on goal here. We need to say that. Um, but There's one for Luco, wasn't there, when he had a, a good chance and the defender stuck out a leg and it went over the bar. Yeah, so lots of these kind of well. blocks and, yeah. and that kind they of did, stuff. I've, I've kind of picked they out did the do that. that. Sorry, mate. I'd say they did do that worse, though. They were throwing themselves in the way yeah. of everything, weren't they? Whether it be crosses, yeah. whether it be shots. You know, Morecambe were yeah, chucking themselves in the way. They defended well. And when they the couldn't line. get a block or a final touch near the keeper, pulled out an amazing save. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Last line of defence. Um, and and it's worth saying, Morecambe, uh, apart from a, a free kick way over the bar, really contributed nothing to the spectacle at all. And 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 for Derek Adams' kind of big day, as it were, you know, I don't think the atmosphere was particularly jumping either. It wasn't the away end, um, as per good old blue action. Um, and there's a double change at the break, uh, which includes the introduction of someone who's going to come on and be um, very important in a minute. There's another effort before that um, for Bonn. Um, I've, I, 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 
about 60 minutes, guys, just before we scored. Just, just, just where the, keep, the keeper made a complete balls up of it, didn't he? You, you said at the time, said, didn't you? We couldn't sort of make it out from where we were seeing, but he's sort of, he's like waving his arms, at, waving one arm at the ball, wasn't he? God knows what he's trying to do to it, but... And, Again, um, that didn't fall yeah. for anyone. They did it. It, it bounced. It drops out for and... burns, but he can't really do yeah. anything with it. No. And and then a minute later, um, Seb down the down our left hand side. It's always going to go wrong, isn't it? There's, there's so many. These are kind of goals that we've used to being conceding under Paul Cook. Yeah. Yeah, so and this this record of minutes without conceding a goal is sadly going to end, isn't it? Yeah, so McLaughlin's got Thompson at the byline, hasn't he? He's putting him under pressure and, and Thompson sort of stumbles as he, as he goes to clear the ball so he can't get any power on the clearance. He stumbles backwards and the ball just falls for, for Phillips, one of the guys that came on at halftime. He plays a quick one-two uh, with McLaughlin and Edmondson sort of gets a foot in, doesn't he? He manages to direct the ball away from a little bit but Phillips is just strong and he gets to the byline and Thompson comes back across but between them they can't get the ball out for a corner. Decent crossing under pressure from the byline and you've got a diving header for from Will Dig on the, you know, sort of around the uh, the penalty spot into the into the top corner. Burns and Danassian are kind of out of position because I guess they think the cross isn't going to get in from there. And yeah, that was their, what, first effort, only effort, I think, on target, was it? First effort in the match. And we have absolutely dominated up until that point. And it kind of summed up the game that, that Thompson had, that he got, he was the one at fault for the original clearance. And Edmondson had one in the first half, I think, where he should have cleared it and he didn't. And I guess you could try and level that accusation in for that one as well. It was a couple of, couple of poor things down our left and yeah at that point having dominated and had all the shots we've had you're thinking oh no it's going to be going to be one of those days and Will Dig was a big player under Derek uh, Adams previously uh, he started 40 games last year in League 2 nine goals uh, this season he's only started seven I, I don't know if he's been injured or for what reason he's not been playing but uh, yeah top, uh, popped up at the right at the right time and frustratingly the header flew into the top corner it's nicely placed header wasn't it I mean it's it's um You've yeah, got he's got Bird Burns sort of on the line, isn't he? And he he can't clear it. So the yeah the uh, the accuracy of the head is really good. But it was a really good cross, I thought, from from Phillips down on the byline under pressure. He puts a decent ball in. And and then there's a sense of kind of foreboding because we we know what's happened against Cheltenham. You know this dominance without being able to convert a chance, and and now you're a goal behind as well. Um, it's even this situation is kind of even more stark. But to be fair, there is no panic the team continue to try to do the right things um 69 minutes guys there's a there's a triple substitution here um craig you're you were clamoring for the lineup or the front three that we got um that front three is replaced on 69 minutes what sorry let me it's selena jackson and and um chaplin come on knowing what you know now was the original three that you wanted and got the right one, or would it have been a different configuration? Because this is the debate we're going to have. Um, this this front three, Bon Nord, chances, yes. Luco contributed, yes. But really not in a compelling sense, did they? No, point of order. I wasn't I wasn't clamouring for the formation. I predict- predicted it. Okay, fine. Okay. okay. Um, but no, but I... I to be fair, I, I probably would have gone. I probably would have gone for that as well because the last two times that um, Jackson's played through the middle with Selena and Chaplin behind him, we've drawn both those games nil nil. It was Milton Keynes uh, and Cheltenham. Um, so, you know, but however many minutes they played on the pitch together, starting those two matches didn't produce um, didn't produce a goal. Um, but yeah, Norwood 
Norwood was poor yesterday when he was bouncing off of him. He wasn't winning any of his particular battles. Um, I say he had one snapshot in the first half, which which went over, and that was pretty much it. All we saw from him, he was very, very quiet and very peripheral. Um, bon was a bit more involved through the, through the centre, um, but as Seb said about that, he should have scored that header, um, the one that was clipped to the back post by Backinson. It's you just simply got to score it. And you know, post match, Morsey called him out, didn't he? In, in the certainly in the radio when I was listening to the radio on the way home. Um, he said that you know Bond's got to, Bond's got to score that, and it was the frustration in those post-match interviews from both McKenna. You talk about it, set, but both from McKenna and from Morsey, it was you didn't have to read between too many lines to to work out the you know which area of the pitch they were more they were and you know which people they were more frustrated with. Um, and and to be fair, I thought Selena played really well when he came on. I thought he actually got the ball down, and as we're talking about that pitch, to be able to run with the ball as often and as eagerly as he did. And he was beating his man every time. He was taking the mickey at some points. He was literally standing on the wall. He waiting for him to come. And he just walked past, <laughs> walked, walked past him. And he, you know what he is. He, he's direct. If he doesn't have a shot, he'll try and get a cross in. You know, admittedly, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't come off all the time. But at least he's trying to make something happen. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he was, he was very impressive when he, when he came on. Um, just, just by virtue of getting us further the pitch, getting us into the box, Jinking in around, getting creating a bit of mayhem um, by getting a few crosses in. He had a long shot, didn't he, which was heading towards the top-ish corner, um, which the keeper tipped um, tipped wide. Jackson had obviously injected a bit of pace. Whether he he'd have injected that when a, a fresh centre, three fresh centre halves rather than the three tiring centre halves, um, I don't know. But what what is quite interesting actually, and I I started to look at it for the last pod. It's the timings of these subs. They seem to be happening at exactly the same time in matches. Like 70 minutes will make two subs or make three subs. So it's a little bit... I'd appreciate it's giving everyone a fair whack of time to get things... You know, you've got 70 minutes to prove your worth sort of thing, but it, it might be starting to get a little bit formulaic in terms of the, the substitutions that we're making. So I, I was going to ask a question about that. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it to Seb because you've, you've got something to talk about in a second, Craig. Um, spoiler alert. Um the impact, uh, do you agree firstly with Craig's assessment that Selena made an impact? And if you do, is that a consequence of him being introduced at that stage in the game? Do you get the same level of impact if he starts? I guess is, is the flip side of my question. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it was the tiring defenders that, that made him have so much joy. And what was frustrating as well, he was playing in the sort of the left-hand channel, wasn't he? And he was doing really well to beat his man. But Thompson at that point seemed to be absolutely gassed and either, you know, was told not to get forward as much, which I can't believe, or, or he just didn't have the confidence to go on the outside of him and really look to, to whip the ball in. So Selena was kind of doing all the hard work. And then when he had the opportunity to lay it off as an outlet, then, you know, the cross was inevitably relatively poor or, or Thompson wasn't up with him. So I think he played really well, like Craig said, when he came on, he, he definitely changed things in our favour massively, uh, but I think it was probably uh, a consequence of the of the tiring defenders because we'd had so much of the ball. You know, they were chasing shadows for what seventy minutes before he came on, and they must have been absolutely goosed. And that F on seventy six that Craig was talking about was a, we were right behind that, weren't we? It's a yeah, it, looked, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, he got it onto the onto his right foot. He cut inside of the onto his right foot, and yeah, it was going straight in the top corner. And unfortunately, the keeper, who was the the man of the match, I'm assuming, uh, pulled off one of one of several top draw saves. Yep. Um, did uh, Chaplin or Jackson 
stick out for you at all? Do they? I, I guess they came on and contributed, didn't they? Um, yeah, Jackson's pace caused a bit of trouble, didn't it? They were he was yeah. sort of starting to run the channels behind, a little bit and getting in behind yeah, yeah. a couple of times. He got in once and pulled the ball back, but I don't think anybody was there to uh, to sort of tap it home. So his pace made a difference again, probably like Craig said against tiring defenders. Chapman I thought was a bit quieter. I took over the set pieces from Thompson, but they didn't really improve dramatically, did they? I don't think so. It was very much the Selena was the the, the top of the three players that came on. Interesting point that sorry, sorry, Rich. Interesting point that Seb made there about Jackson, you know, running the channels, getting onto these balls, which he, you know, these balls are played. You think, Christ, we've hit that too hard, but he makes, you know, he makes them into good balls, or he's got the pace to to get to these balls and pulling them back. But by virtue of him being the one person up front, there's no one there to get on the end of them. And obviously, the the match, the Burton match, where he played well in. He was playing as part of a two or a three up front. He was playing in the channel rather than through the middle. So I'm not entirely convinced that he's still, you know, the man to play a, a single role up front. I think he'd be better in a, in a partnership. So that at least this, you know, when he does run those channels, which he does, which he does do very well. And when he gets his head up, which he, you know, again, he, he picks out people when he gets into those positions, there's, there's going to be someone um, there to slam it home. And that was showing, wasn't it? We had we had a shot. Sorry, we had a shot from the edge of the area at one point, didn't we? Where the keeper got down and tipped it left, um, but there was there was nobody to run onto it. Yeah, Slam it home, was there? There was. I think it was maybe Selena got the shot off, and the keeper made a good a good strong hand, but it was ideal for somebody in the box coming alive, running onto it, and there was just nobody there. Um, we're getting a little bit panicky on, and then on eighty-seven minutes, Craig is Jackson involved in this one? Am I right in thinking? Yeah, it's a yeah. Is that involved yeah. in this? Situation. Yeah, he, well, again, he's talk about running the channels. This time, we'd clipped over towards the the our left wing, towards the corner flag um, down there, and he'd he'd managed to again make it into a, a decent ball. He knocks it back to Chaplin, who in turn um, lays it back to Thompson. And as sort of as Seb said about Thompson, I thought his I thought his confidence had gone. I don't know whether it was the goal that knocked it, but he was just. By then, he was not crossing the ball. It was being laid back to him. He was taking a touch, taking a touch, knocking it backwards. He just basically stopped crossing the ball. Um, and it probably shows in this instance where I put a hell of a dodgy, scuffed um, cross in, which happens to fall at Burns's feet. And, it, and even then, it bobbles around a fair bit and it's stuck under his foot. And somehow, he manages to, to dig it out of his feet and um, drag it into the into the bottom left corner of the goal. Um, yeah, keeper's not getting anywhere near that. So it's one of those ones through a crowd where, the, yeah. where Burns has, has placed it right where it needs to, right right across the far post. Yeah, and fair play to Burns again. You know, crikey, how many times has he dug us out of a hole in, in these situations? And it, it's our saviour, Craig. Well, very much so. Um, but it's not a normal Wes Burns goal in that it normally the ball's fed in you know, behind their left back, left wing back into space and Burns is running onto it and slamming it in. This was, I say, scuffed stroke, bobbled into his feet and then it, again, it bobbles around his own shins and feet and a couple of defenders' feet and uh, yeah, fair play to just getting a shot away. But we were sort of huffing and puffing by this point, weren't we? And um, you know, we didn't, we don't really have a, an, a throw the kitchen sink option. You know, it will just be pass, 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 we'll find a way through. Um, and so, yeah, so we've got this goal. We've got to quickly get the ball back. There's no real celebration with the fans. No. Um, let's get the ball back to the halfway and try and um, try and get the winner, which we uh, which we almost did, to be fair. Well, yeah, two minutes later, guys. So at this point, the configuration of the away end, 
means I can't see a bloody thing, and I'm I'm surrounded. It's the land of the giants for me. Um, who wants to talk to Seb? Do you remember? Were you able to see this one? I could. I saw the ball come in, but I'll be honest, I didn't see the Danassian chance. So, Craig, if you had a better Craig? view, feel free to talk us through. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I'm obviously got a couple, I got an inch, I reckon, on on you two. So, um, yeah. The, I don't know who crossed the. I don't know who crossed the ball. It, it may again. It may have been Jackson, but basically, Danassian, as you as you expect your right centre half to be, he's about three yards three yards off the off the goal line, running in full power, and it sort of just hits him on, in on the chest. You know, just running in, it hits him on the chest, and you expect it just to be bundled in, and the goalkeeper just happens to be standing right in front of him and just manages to to claw it away. But uh, yeah, it wasn't shown on any of the highlights. I don't know why it wasn't shown on any of the highlights, given it was a a chance about three or four yards out. But yeah, no, it was it was literally just flashed across, hit him in the chest as he was running in, and the goalkeeper just happened to be standing there to palm it away. Right place, right time. But yeah. uh, at least we went for it. Um, yeah, probably yeah. just a little bit too little too late but um that's your lot that's the one or draw there's a few bits and pieces just to sum this game up um here's the for those watching on youtube the attacking momentum graph that i so love on sofa score which basically shows an entirety of dominance apart from a little flurry at the start of the second half and one big stack for the goal that Walcombe scored but otherwise what's noticeable i think is it's not just um Ipswich have dominance. It's clear dominance. The bars here are really deep. Um, I don't know what the scale is, by the way, but that presumably doesn't surprise you guys as as much as 72% possession, 22 shots, eight of which are on target. Um, Eight block shots, to your point earlier, Craig, as well. 12 corners. We talked about those. um, Seb mentioned those. Big chances, five to one. Big chances missed, five to zero. Um, and we hit the woodwork, although I can't recall when that was. Um, but everything but the goal is probably the headline for this game, isn't it? The, at least the winner. Yeah. It, 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 if we score an early goal, same as same as Cheltenham. If we said score, that, didn't he? Yeah, if we score that early goal, it's a completely different game. And you know, the, and I think McKenna sort of alluded to it in his interview. We go in at half. We go in nil nil at half time, and it gives the opposition a lift because they've got into got into half time at nil nil. If you do, you know, if you score one of those chances in the first half, it's a completely different story, unfortunately. But you know, how often do, how many times does an anomaly have to happen before it becomes a trend? You know, we've had an, an anomaly in terms of oh, we got we're all over Cheltenham and didn't manage to score. Oh, we're all over Morecambe and didn't manage to win. Okay, let's see how we do it, Fleetwood. But so George Alec on um, the Quest highlight show said, sort of called out these excellent performances where the points possibly don't marry up with um, uh, what am I saying? The the performance performance, doesn't match up with the points. Uh, You uh, will ask, I think there's certainly questions about this, so we won't go too too much into it. Are you feeling confident that suddenly the goals will come from, and this is kind of the the basis to which um, points will come from, or are you just worried a little bit about not getting the goals? We're still creating the chances, aren't we? You know, we talk about the two that Bond missed, the Aluko block, the long ranges from Backinson and Morsey. So we are still creating chances. We just need somebody to 
you know, score one and then go on a little bit of a of, of a run of form. And I guess until until we stumble across that front three that can do that, then this is how it's going to be. I mean, they've all got their decent records at this level. If you look at Norwood, Jackson, uh, Piggott and Bond, they've all, you know, in their past scored goals at this level. So yep. they, they've got the qualities to do it. We just need someone to, 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 to knock one in off their thigh and then go on a bit of a run of form like, like Bond was doing in September because we are still creating chances undercooked towards the end. We just simply weren't creating anything, were we? You know, we spoke about Bond's lack of lack of goals and we were saying, but the crew game aside, can we really remember too many chances he's had? At least at the moment, we are starting to create chances. So in theory, you know, it feels like a, uh, you know, trust trust McKenna, trust in what he's trying to do and what he's trying to build and, and it will come good eventually. Yep, I think I've probably just shat all over someone's questions. So apologies in advance. I just, if, I'm just in intrigued. To, these. Sorry, Rich. I'm just intrigued to know how we've managed to find ourselves in a situation where we've got four um, out of form bereft of confident strikers at, at this exactly the same exactly the same time yeah. at this point in the season same old Ipswich yeah it's a good thought get that psychologist back in did we find out who your mate is in the nice jacket by the way is that his job the yellow yellow shoes man yeah no idea it's one of these life's life's mysteries man I'm going to find it if the last thing I do I'm going to find out who it is I'm going to go, go I'm going to go do you know I'm who you this- are um, at, at FIM 75 I think yeah, yeah? I'm going to go down to the, near where Dave sits I'm going to have a sign made out can I have your yellow shoes please mate and, <laughs> yeah. and when he comes over I'm going to ask who the hell he is and I'll put that into room 101 right let's do some questions <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And first up, um, one of the number of people that we met uh, on Saturday, Bits, at Turbo the Sailor. Thank you for the photos. Um, yeah, look at those. Aren't they nice? Um, how long do you think we can hold on to McKenna if he continues to improve the squad and the club's fortunes, especially if we are blowing the league away next season, which I think we will, Seb? Uh, I'd like to think he'll be it's on the ride problem, for first a little off, while. It? it is, yeah. It's not something that we're used to dealing with, are we? You know, normally our managers are on a downward trajectory either when they join us or certainly by the end of it, whereas McKenna is very much on the up. You know, you've got to think if he if we do storm the league next year and go up, he'll want to crack at the championship with us. And I guess it'll be dependent on how many how much money he gets, how much backing he gets if he wants to hang around. But surely given what we've seen so far, he's very much destined for the for the top, isn't he? And hopefully we can make the most of it as long as we possibly can and maybe look to go on that journey with him positive trajectory together that's what we want um more questions here um bod the nod talking about thompson yeah um a few digging out thompson he's been a big part of our record breaking back line lost possession way out wide but fridge could have tackled or held up the attacker plus the scorer was totally unmarked not all down thompson um the morecambe goal he's been good in his opinion great are we being harsh he was poor yesterday. I, he's been he's been fine. He's been okay. I don't think he's been um, I don't think he's been that much of an upgrade of, of Penny. To be honest, yes, he, he probably is better than Penny. I don't not sure he's that much of an upgrade on him. I can't. I don't know if he's available. He would be available for transfer, but he's not one that I'd be concerned about if we um, if we didn't sign. I don't think really think any of our. I don't think any of our loan signings, I'd include Bon in that. To be honest, um, have done enough to warrant you know them being a oh my god we can't survive if we don't sign them sort of um scenario so yeah he's sort of filled a gap um appreciate what you're saying about making us more solid you know him playing that role allows burns to disappear up on his side doesn't it i suppose and, and do the attacking on the right hand side um yeah there you go but, there's the average position I think yeah pretty, pretty equitable actually aren't they yeah yeah they were yeah. yesterday but as i say but but whereas um, Thompson sort of stopped getting his crossing. He was up that end of the pitch, but he wasn't, you know, getting an awful lot of crossing. I, no, I just don't know. I don't. I, I say I don't think he offers enough going forward. Yeah, he, he's decent enough at the back, but I say not, not at the moment. He's got another couple of two or three months yet of, of being with us, but I say at the moment he's he's not someone I'd be actively looking to sign. Okay. Yep. Um, James Monk. Hi to James. Um, Seb, cutting straight to the chase here. Do you think this spells the end to any promotion dream? We'll, to, we'll put the league table up and do the roundup right to the end. Um, he asks it's, about the goals drawing up, but should we deal with the most pertinent question there? It's very much a blow, isn't it? I don't think it's over yet, but it's very much a blow. We need these game in hand to start being ticked off so we get a, a true understanding of what the gap's going to be. And I still think it's going to come down to those Oxford and Plymouth games. Uh, at 5pm after the Plymouth game, I think we'll pretty much know how it's going to go. And Mark W's question, I'll, I'll give this to you as well. Do, you, do we keep doing what we're doing, um, as in developing the style and the identity, or do we chase points and settle for less possession in these last 10 games? I um, would personally kind of... keep, keep doing what we're doing. You know, that's worked so far. and we're, we're still over two points per game. We're exactly on two points per game now, so it is working. We look so much better drilled, coached, fitter, everything. Everything is on, a, is on an upward trend, so I would, I would keep going as it is now. And if we, don't, if we do miss out this year, so be it. And we'll be in a really, really good place going into the summer to really, really look to attack the league next year with, with McKenna having had six months 
balance of you know his implementing his style and, and, and coaching on the team. I'm not sure. Yeah. We, I'm not sure we can change the way that we play. To be fair, as we as I said before, we don't really have that option of slinging it in the box or chucking it in the mixer and seeing what happens. We just don't have those True. players um, available to to do it. So and long. as Seb says, you know, let, if if we don't happen to um, reach the playoffs this season, what we will have had is eight let's say, eight-ish of the players that will be here next season, even more drilled and more used to playing the way that we want to play come um, come next season, maybe just apart from that that front three and possibly the, the left-back that we're not too sure about. Yeah, and, and to, to be fair to Mark, he's, that was his his preference as well. So I think we, we've bemoaned, certainly on this podcast, the lack of a pattern of play. McKenna is clearly establishing a pattern of play and it, maybe it isn't perfect yet. And we're still seeing some of these forming or teething issues um, such as the point where chances are put away with ease. Mm-hmm. And McKenna himself was talking about that as well. So I think, Mark, we, we agree with you there. We then get kind of a cascade now of questions about attacking and strikers and so on. So um, let's, let me try and merge these together um, for you, Craig. FPL tractor, is it too simple to say get different forwards in? Um, or do we create a lot of low-quality chances um, and not many big chances? I mean, five big chances, according to Sofa Score stats yesterday, FPL Tractor. Is that just his impression? Alex Hare kind of makes an interesting comparison in terms of personnel. Um, your analysis, Bond versus Ross Stewart. Bond is second only to him for big chances missed, yet Stewart is the division's leading scorer. So if strikers do miss some, are we simply not creating enough clear chances or is just Bond misfiring? Bit of both. <laughs> copyright David Diamond um, yeah, we, we, we probably aren't creating I don't remember there being five clear cut chances yesterday I, th- I still think Bond's header should have should have gone in that was certainly one of them whether they're counting Donassian's chest from three yards at the far post of being another I don't know but we, we, you know it is, it is still early days in terms of patterns of play and, and um, those attacking patterns of play it's relatively simple I suppose to make you more solid as McCarthy showed when he took over the shambles that we were, you know, first things first, let's get sorted out at the back. Let's make ourselves nice and solid at the back. And then we can concern ourselves about the other bits and pieces going forward. I think that's also certainly we have the proof in the pudding of what McKenna's done so far in terms of the defensive shape and, and set up. Um, and it is the trickiest part, isn't it? The the piece, piece at the other end. I just don't, I still don't think, well, I know that I don't know um, what McKenna's plans are in terms of the front three. Yeah, so we, is, he a, is he a sorry? Is he a two up front man, or is he a one up front man with two behind? Is he a three up front? We don't. He's, he's currently working with what he's was given to start with. We haven't seen him with a a full transfer window to form a squad that will play the way he wants to play. Yeah, and I, I was going to chuck in a question here, and, and Les has kind of alluded to that. Um, I think you're you're sort of suggesting we we won't know really until McKenna's been able to bring some of his own personnel in or some of the players that he does have have, have actually come into form and, and are doing what he wants them to do. Mullet asks, Seb, um, hello to Mullet, um, has the lack of goals this week shown flaws in McKenna's new, new system or in the squad? Do we think the excellent start is levelling out as players are t- 
retiring, perhaps. And um, no Tuesday game this week. Yeah, may, maybe you know some of the players haven't played that much football, the likes of Norwood and Jackson. So that could be a that could be a factor in them. We we just like Craig Dilly. We've got four strikers that are badly out of form, all at exactly the same time at the most crucial running point of the season. It's just one of those, isn't it? You know, I very much like the style of play we're watching at the moment. I still think we're creating half decent chances, and, and as I said earlier, you just want one to go in and set somebody else off on a run. And I guess the position we've got with the contract situation that only Piggott is is due to be retained after the summer means that if he wants to, then McKenna can go out and replace those bodies with the kind of players that he, he really wants. But, you know, I, I don't think it's a flaw in the system. I enjoy the way we're playing. We're creating things and we just need somebody to take those chances, don't we? I think the, the most telling thing for me at the moment um, is if you compare the style of... So Lambert and Cook have played passing football at Ipswich and the possession we've bemoaned being largely in our own half where it doesn't count. The issue at the moment under McKenna is not that we can't get through teams or around teams because we certainly do. We can pass through them, we can run through them and we can cross in from the side. It's just the final, whether it's a cross, a little sideways pass or a shot, that's the problem, which is eminently fixable, isn't it? These, these are problems that can be sorted. So I think you know, to your point, I think this is a steady platform that McKenna's putting in place. And, and I also agree with Craig. I think it's really important to note that defensively we were a shambles um, prior to um, prior to McKenna and to, you know, even McGrill trying to sort out by changing system as well. So that being resolved and now setting records for longest minutes without conceding a goal suggests that bit has been sorted now. And maybe the next step is is to figure out how to get these guys firing. Um, so you'll just be interested to know, you know, because you've got, you've got to have sympathy with the strikers themselves because they're getting 70 minutes on a Saturday to do what they can and maybe not getting as many chances as they want to have and then not playing the next match or not even in the squad the next match. And Norwood's been out of the squad, Piggott's been out of the squad, and then starting again. But then you've also got to have sympathy with McKenna, who's probably by his mind thinking, well, I'm giving these guys 70 minutes and they're not showing yeah. me enough to warrant playing in it so it's sort of a, a vicious circle it's sort of catch 22 which you know you can't because i don't know people are saying well how are these guys going to get any sort of form if they're not playing a run of games well if you're playing like norwood did for 70 minutes yesterday then you can't really expect him to be playing the next game because he didn't pull up many trees but then he's probably saying well you give me another 70 minutes and i will so you know i think until such time as mckenna's allowed to bring in the sort of striker that he wants and I so say it'll be interesting to know what he does, whether, because at the moment he's got four different strikers pretty much, hasn't he? He's got four different types of strikers. Norwood and Bonner are similar, but he's also got four different types. Whether after the summer and come August, we'll have, we'll know what, how we want to play and we'll have two strikers or three strikers who play exactly the same way and are interchangeable because this is the style that we're going to play. I don't well, let me, so let me put this to both of you guys. So Gary, Gary Lovell here um, has said once again, West, West Burns our saviour, our Lord and saviour. Um, he, he was slightly disappointed with Thompson and obviously refers to um, Bon as well. He says, love to see Tyree Simpson given a go. Um, can't be any worse than what we've got. Um, and he goes, he's got goals at Swindon. Um, but he's really telling here, um, definitely missing a proven goal-scoring threat. You know, Alex before has mentioned... Ross Stewart. If you had a blank sheet of paper, um, and you obviously, um, well, you've got player. You've you've got who we've got um, in the summer. So we've got Piggott, and I think possibly Jackson, maybe, or is Jackson out of contract? I don't no, know. He's out of contract. So 
in terms it's of first teamers, just Piggott, Piggott and Simpson, I guess, is is who you've got for next season. So, if you are McKenna right now, would you be seeking to try to tie down any of these options who might be off, um, or do you start again from scratch and do you go for a a Cole Stockton? Dare I say? Yeah, but we've we've gone for a Cole Stockton in Joe Piggott. Well, yeah. So that's my point. So, uh, yeah. so does is this where McKenna, now, as the coach, comes out and and brings that back out of Piggott? Yeah, yeah, very possibly, very possibly. I just, but we just don't know whether Joe Piggott is the type of striker that that Kieran McKenna wants in a Kieran McKenna team. If you know, does he or does he want a, a central sort of striker, which Joe Piggott is? He'll just you know, work those lines and maybe drop a bit deeper, or does he actually want a striker like Caden Jackson and maybe you know and maybe a better version of no, no disrespect to Caden Jackson, but a, a better quality version of Caden Jackson who will run the run the channels, but also um, have add a bit of finishing to it as well. But you know, Joe's Joe said himself, um, you know, if you take those these four strikers individually, you'll do well to find at League One level better versions of those particular yep. strikers, which is an absolutely fair point. Um, but my not argument, but my version would be well. I just wonder whether you could get, if he's, if we want to play, for example, if you want to play with a Caden Jackson type striker or two Caden Jackson type strikers up front, whether you might better get two strikers who are better than Caden Jackson. And then you don't worry about having a McCauley Bond because that's not the way you want to play. You don't worry yeah. about a James Nor because that's not the way you want to play. I don't. We don't know. We don't. Seb, do you want to have a speculate? Would I, you, I, um, sorry, blank sheet of paper, would you be signing someone new or would you be making good with what you've got? I think I'd look to, to freshen up uh, the area personally. I, I'd like to see Piggott get a bit of a run maybe now because he's the only one due to be here. He's the one with a decent record at this level. You know, Bon is really out of form. We discussed it in the green room. Was it one in 20, one in 21 appearances, one in 20 appearances or something in all, now? So, in all comps, yeah. In all comps, yeah. Very, very out of form. So I'd like to see Piggott, you know, give him five games and let's just see what he can do. And if he can do the role that McKenna needs him to, then I guess he's got his number one striker in the building already for next season. He can look to add you know supplement players to that and if he plays the five games and he, it's still not going for him then McKenna can make his mind up and look to to move them all on but but like Craig and Joe said you, you are going to struggle to upgrade on the four because on paper as you said they are they are you know perfectly adequate at this level yeah as you said so we just need someone to score off their arse and then go that's what there. you need you need to run don't you like yeah, you know you need somebody Trace to go in and, and set somebody off and not look back and you know in the, in the remaining 11 games they get half a dozen goals and they go into the summer really, really confident and you know you can put your hat on that person for next year uh, a couple of we'll finish these well, we'll go through all of the questions thank you to everyone as always for sending in questions help us um, shape the debate we usually have to um, edit it and move around so I think I'm, I think I'm about to cover everyone's question um Lee, um, Lee Rennie, uh, 73 Rennie, um, do you think KVY should have started at left back? Um, he kind of kind of thinks in hindsight, obviously, with what we know about Thompson's part in the goal, Seb, but um, I don't think KVY was even on the bench, was he, yesterday? But No, Burgess was the only defender on the bench. I thought Vincent Young did all right when he came on against Cheltenham. I guess he offers you more from an attacking point of view, which could have been beneficial yesterday, given how many times that Thompson sort of was looking to get in behind, especially when Selena came on. You know, Vincent Young might have made that that difference on the left-hand channel, but then, was it Dave said he did, he's not a fan of, you know, right-footed players having to cut in and stop. But, but in hindsight, yes, he should have done. But, Christ, if Thompson had been playing, who would have taken the set pieces for the first seven <laughs> minutes? Yeah, well, anyone could have, frankly, and they might have been comparable. Um, and finally, Tim Pashley, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you this one with you, Craig. Are Wes Burns' goals keeping Kieran McKenna from getting a hard time from the fans? 
um or um would it be better to, uh better to hold off the moaning oh no come on tim i think we can maybe we can deal with this one very swiftly we're better than that we're better yeah, than that, we don't moan on this yeah. over on the i think we're all very much um in the school of mckenna aren't we we're big fans of what he's doing so um and Wes burns goals i think are getting him certainly against morecambe the points that maybe the team deserved or actually a fraction of the points that maybe they deserved so um yeah fully supported that and everyone's got to contribute and certainly if our strikers aren't going to score someone has to let's put the league table up very quickly there and as always kind of it's like if anyone's got a sibling or a, a younger brother or not you hold their head and let them swing fists at you and try and punch you and you know they're not gonna they haven't got the reach to do it um in terms of the scores um of significance for us accrington defeating wickham you know accrington isn't a fun place to go that was a 3-2 win there very topsy-turvy game um what else have we got? MK Dons beating Bolton, who were who are not who weren't too far behind us, um, and still winning the shout. Um, but MK Dons continue their fine form with a two 0 win. Oxford win the battle of the boat race, four um, two again another topsy turvy game. But Oxford just score goals for fun at the moment, um, and so a good win for them. Plymouth though um, defeated um, by the <laughs> by the machine that is Rotherham. I think. I heard on the ear, on the EFL Quest highlights have only conceded five goals away from home. Um, that's a crazy stat, if that's true. Um, Portsmouth three all with Fleetwood. Um, last minute equaliser for them. Sheffield Wednesday probably the form team at the moment. Um, two 0 victors over Charlton who are in free fall, and Wigan as well. Um, after a few weeks of Sunderland being really, <laughs> really poor, if we're honest, um, Sunderland defeat Wigan three 0 and we prove that Wigan are human or after all. So Ipswich, they're 53 points and five points off the playoffs, but having played two games more than Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but guys, uh, to the question that we talked about from James, the hope, is it still there? Is it, is it, is it keeping you interested? It's, there's still plenty of games, teams to play each other or stuff. We've not given up yet, have we? No, oh, come on. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it's, it's a blow this week, but it's certainly not over. I don't think so. You know, if we go to Fleetwood and win, and a couple of results go our way, we could be back within touching distance. But again, we just need all those games in hand to start getting ticked off, don't we? So we know where we, what, what the true gap is and what the true picture is. It's a couple. It was a. It's been a couple of gut punch though, isn't it? This week, these two yeah. matches have been real, real pain in the bum. And so now, as Seb said about these games in hand, Sheffield Wednesday. Two games in hand, five points ahead of us. That that could be a, a pretty substantial um, gap very soon, couldn't it? And it was quite telling. I think it's the most um, emotional I'll use from McKenna. I thought post match the the official interview he, he had with the club site. I thought that was the most. Yeah, um, he was talking about that we frustrated. Should be winning be. fours and fives, didn't he? He really said that. Yeah, he he, he was very frustrated. He cut a frustrated figure. He did. Um, Hopefully, he won't be cutting a frustrated figure next week. We mentioned Fleetwood already. Um, that will be the focus for us next week. No midweek game, as we mentioned. So back to the normal kind of mailbag midweek Q&A. We don't have anything else planned at this stage. No interviews or anything like that. So um, Wednesday evening, one of us and a few well, a few of us will be um, doing a live Q&A. So it would be great if you could um, join us and ask um, questions or give your thoughts and observations. And um, it's the show where you set the agenda. So it'd be great to have you with us. Uh, Fleetwood as the focus for the pre-match show, which will come out on Friday morning. Um, and we'll figure out the configuration for that, possibly seven I, but we'll see. And then the flagship 
at this stage. Still to be determined who appears for that, but probably Seb, given he's going, it'd be good to get him back. Um, all the details that you need to know about um, where our um, podcast audio can be accessed, accessed from, our YouTube feed, our social media feed, where you can see such great photos as me, Craig and Seb along the seafront and uh, the Eric Morecambe statue. Um, all of the stuff, bluemondayitfc.co.uk. We put an itinerary of all the shows on there as well, so you know where to be. Um, and do give us a follow if you are listening. Do give us a review. We'd love to hear from people. Um, give us some feedback, hopefully constructive criticism if you're going to be critical. Um, give us a review and give us a thumbs up and a subscribe on YouTube if you're there as well. Um, it just helps boost us up the algorithms and all that fun stuff if you've made it this far through thank you so much for joining us really interesting chat as always with the guys um seb craig um thank you for your company on the weekend and thank you for your company um for this podcast um do you want to say goodbye uh craig i'll come to you first yes yes thank you very much again once again thanks to mallet for our fish supper and also for my uh, son who he didn't need to buy a fish supper for well sausage and chips but he did um so yeah thank you very much for that mallet are you one yep and seb yep good to see you guys yesterday lovely stroll along the promenade and um yeah we we, we go again next weekend i guess yep and from me um thank you for um to the guys again thank you for your questions and um congratulations again to ftsc women we'll keep a lookout for their fa cup draw and we're back for more more next week and on, on this podcast you know what Let's keep the hope alive. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.